between my legs, between my legs, go. The squirrel was like running between the legs and then try and flip the squirrel. Somatic sexologist Morgan Penn is back with Hayley Sproul for a new season of Sex.Life. So more and more little pets started appearing and some horses for the pony play. Sex.Life, a new episode every Wednesday. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Wild Secrets. Hello, we the ACC's Daily Agenda podcast, powered by Musashi. Uh, you okay there, Manoa? Yeah, 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 yeah. Good morning, welcome <laughs> into the Daily Agenda for a Wednesday. Um, since we've added the cameras in, it's only day two, I've just been all at sea. Yeah, you look frazzled. I am. You look a bit It's too much. I said when we set up the cameras, I was like, it's going to be easy. There's now a, a light pointing in my eyes. There's a camera between me and you, and it's making it's me okay. feel... It's okay, It's mate. making me it's feel okay. just a little... Raz- uh, Frazzled. Razzle, frazzled. A little razzly as well. Um, all right, let's start here. Carmona, nobody picks her up. Oh, it's in. I don't believe it. Olga Carmona, with only a second goal for a country, has put Spain back in Wonderland once again. 2-1 was the score in the end, though. If you ask me at the 80th minute what the score was going to be, I reckon it was going towards penalties. Uh, you were at the game. What was yeah. the atmosphere like? Yeah, I mean, 80 minutes... Fairly turgid, uh, not a lot of shots on goal, really. Yeah. Like real kind of screamers. I think there was, might have been one or two. So it was like, oh, shit. And then it just erupted. Uh, three goals in the space of five minutes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Olga the soldier there just <laughs> drilled one um, from the edge of the penalty box. Um, that was good. That was good fun. Uh, sold out, 43,000 at, yeah. uh, at Eden Park. Last game at Eden Park. I do have to discuss something, though. Mm. Stadium shits. Yeah, right. Who shits at a stadium? Who who goes? Like, this is before the game. Before the game, I mean, oh, you need to go for a quick whiz, had a few beers beforehand. You know, mm. you always go for a whiz before you're getting stuck into the first half. Massive queue for the toilets. And look, they, they, were, they were definitely dumping in the toilets because it reeked. <laughs> and there's guys, I'm like, who, who goes to a sporting event and does a dump at the stadium? <laughs> like, not only are the toilets, like, uh, train spotting, but like, who yeah. does stadium dumps? Stadium poos. It's like, unless I, I get it, and I came out and I people mm. were sitting with us like, who stadium poos here? Do you do you stadium poo? And they're like, no. Nah. Because like, who stadium poos? And they're like, well, people who've got issues. I was like, look, that's fine. Okay, yeah. If you've got irritable bowel, cool. But the amount of people dumping, it's more at, than just irritable no, bowel. No, it's more than that. At, all through the first half, there was a constant queue. And look, people might say they might have been doing other things in the toilets, but no. they weren't because I could hear like. <laughs> And it was just, and it reeked. It's like stadium pooing. Come on, New Zealand, you're better than that. Because there's not even any food really that's being served at stadiums that would induce that. The only like th- hot chips and hot dogs don't really do that. The you? only thing was, it, the kickoff was eight o'clock. It was quite a late kickoff, so mm. you know I was investigating the stadium poo issue. I was like, why is why do you come to Eden Park and poo? Like weird. But then at halftime, the queue for coffees was out the gate, ah. and I was like, also who comes to a stadium to drink coffee. Yeah. It's the shittest coffee. Yeah. And you're going to end up doing a shit. And then you won't sleep tonight. Yeah. Because you're having a coffee at nine o'clock yeah. at night. I was like, <laughs> just have a water, have a Coke. Like, why are you having a coffee? Yeah. And the queue was like 50 metres for the coffee guy. The coffee guy is like frantically Slammed. burning coffee and just biffing out rubbish coffee. Yeah. There's, the toilets have been blocked by people who are doing stadium poos. Maybe, 
It's a cost of living crisis. Maybe people are dumping in the stadium so they can use the paper. I don't know. <laughs> well, the one ply. Yeah, the one ply. They're just one plying, one ply, one ply, make it to a ten ply and done. But I don't know. I, I was- would understand if it was one of those situations where, like, uh, the All Blacks game on the couple of Saturdays ago where it was the afternoon game, you might have been out of the house for a wee while. You know, yeah. you've had lunch, you haven't yeah. been home for a minute. Now you're going down there. But this was 8 p.m., You've probably, I mean, most people would have been home from work. They would have been at work, gone home from work, and then yep. gone out. I don't understand, as an adult, how you don't have the wherewithal. First of all, if you know that you're prone to a uh, late-night poo, then <laughs> then clear the clear the lines before you get there. It's just, it's how just, is this catching you off? People can't have been too drunk there. With no, no. I mean, because they've been, they've been pretty wholesome affairs, this FIFA Women's yeah. World Cup. I've taken my kids along. Um, and admittedly, I've got one kid who stadium poos. Uh, he, like I, I, kids yeah, fine. Yeah, and you know, and it's uncomfortable. Um, you know, when you've got a six-year-old and he won't let you in the gate with him because he wants some privacy. Fair mm. enough. He's, well, he's a man. But you have to still talk him through it. So you're hovering outside the gate, going, "You riding there, mate? Yep. Are you good? Yep. <laughs> have you finished yet? Almost. <laughs> Don't forget to wipe. Yeah, yeah." Have you wiped? And you're like, so yeah. <laughs> so and then a fully grown man walks yeah, out of the cubicle. Yeah, yeah, you go, oh, shit, wrong cubicle. Sorry, mate. Um, so, look, yeah, I look, great game. Go Spain. I think they're going to win the whole thing. That's why I've got my Spanish, my retro Spanish. Yes. Yeah, you've had that for a long time, haven't I you? I have, yeah, yeah. Got it out of the dress-up box. Um, I think they're going to go all the way. I really, really hope that Australia tip up England. Yeah, there's something chavy about England. I don't quite, I don't like. Yeah, they're di- they're like heaps of diving over dramatic. I don't know. And it'll be a great story for the, for yeah. the tellies to get in there. And and I think after that game on the weekend, everybody is on the tellies. Like, yeah. that's our second. I don't know. It's always such a squirrely one when we are playing in a sport that we don't do well at. Like, do you jump on board with the Aussies or not? And I think after I, the weekend, you kind of have to now, don't you? We coast here. It's our tournament. Yeah. It's our tournament. It'll be our win. But I think Spain, like, their defence looked a bit dodgy in the first half, to be honest. So it was all Sweden. But then yeah. they, just, they know how to finish. No, they rifled that one into the back of the goal about oh, probably five minutes after I put a bet on Sweden to win. Um, <laughs> and that really put the put the willies up me. But then, you know, like you said, not, I think it was 96 seconds later. Yeah. I picked my phone up for a second and then the commentator's gone nuts. I was like, what's happened? Oh, yeah. Sweden struck back. And then it was that rifle right at the end. That's the highlight that we just played then. Oh, there, was, there was a very close one. Um, uh, around that same period, a girl fell over. Did you see this one? Yes. And then the ball came towards her. She kicked it from off the floor. Yeah, and it hit the side of the it hit net. The side so of the net. From where we were sitting, it looked like it was in the back of the net because it settled at yes. the back. Yeah, but it was. It hit the side. Yeah, yeah. I thought that too. I was like, that would have been goal of the tournament if that one came off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it took a long time for it to all happen uh, just at once. Um, it's really been delivering in these quarterfinals this World Cup. Yeah, you know, I, I, I agree. For a sport that we really don't care about as a country, like football, I, sorry soccer fans, but we just don't. No, we don't. We don't follow <laughs> and, it. And unfortunately, after this tournament's gone, we're, we're way back to watching the NPC. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Um, let's stick with soccer, though, because Neymar has just signed a new deal with a, a club by the name of Al-Halal. Um in Saudi? Yeah, that is that very keen eye from you, Lane. That is not an English city, yeah. LLL. Uh, <laughs> well, it was either Saudi, Qatar, or UAE. Yeah, and obviously he signed for a vajillion dollars uh, as a salary. A vajillion? Yeah, a vajillion dollars. Is that, is that like, because obviously um, 
I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there with a thousand virgins. Anyway. (laughs) Um, So, but the details have come out from his new deal, and these are the deals that they're throwing. I mean, what was the uh, Mbappe was being offered one of these deals? They're throwing. Messi was. Messi Messi, was as well. um, Yeah, but he went for the holier option of Miami. Um, But anyway, nightclubs. More details have come out about this deal on top of the money that he's being paid. He's been giving a private plane at his disposal, so he can take that whenever he wants, wherever yes. he wants. I'm including that in my next contract negotiations. I'm going to just include all these and just see what gets struck off. With NZM. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd like a private plane, Diggs. Yeah, at my disposal. How about a bus ticket? <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. a hop card. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, mansion plus staff. I feel like like they put this one in, but I kind of feel like the EPL would probably give you that as well, wouldn't they? I don't know. I don't, I don't think they would. I don't think they give you a mansion plus staff. Now, are these staff free to leave whenever they want yeah, or no? <laughs> mansion plus slaves. I think that should read. Yeah, they've got lost in translation there. Uh, an $80,000, well, it's actually an 80,000 euro bonus for every win, um, which in the grand scheme of things, when you're getting paid a billion dollars, 80K is probably not a whole lot. Yeah. Um, but this next one, 500,000 euros for every post or story that he puts on his social media about Saudi Arabia and how cool it is. <laughs> So not if it's like how cool he is or that the game went well or even like a training video. But all he has to do on every post is just like take a picture of what he was going to take a picture of, probably his six-pack, and then just in the caption just be like, fuck Saudi Arabia's mean, eh? And then you get half a million dollars for that. What about the other way, though? What what if he says something about, yo, Saudi... Kind of sucks here. Kind of sucks. Uh, no woman's rights. Yeah. Um, no, kinda... no. I think they've got his mum in a cage somewhere oh, just in okay. case that kind of thing. Does he get deducted 500k if he goes, saw a guy get hanged in the square <laughs> today? Like, does it go the other way as my well? My sister's being stoned at dawn for yeah. walking through a park with my uncle. Hashtag love Saudi. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe yeah, we're yeah. going to get stoned at dawn for this yeah, now. I think so. um, but I just thought that that was absolutely wild. It is, I don't know, this, this Saudi sports washing thing is... It's just, it's blowing sports uh, yeah. open, wide open. It's totally. so bizarre. And morals are going out the window but like completely. But like I was saying a few weeks ago, like uh, the whole idea, right, in theory, is that they have a bad reputation, so they're going to buy your favourite sports star so that you think, oh, Saudi mm. Arabia, this place is cool. It's the chemist warehouse approach to um, <laughs> signing Dan Carter. And they're like, okay, you love this guy, now you love us. What if they just took all that money? Because it's billions of dollars that they're spending, like yeah. multiple billions of dollars. And just put it in our pockets, <laughs> you know? Totally. If Saudi Arabia just gave me 100 bucks to go and spend at the pub on Friday, I'd be like, fuck, well, just, what a great place. Well, 100 bucks to you just to hashtag love Saudi. Oh, I'd right. do an RB. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they're buggering around giving it to Messi. I mean, Neymar. But anyway, yeah. I digress. That's the most soccer we've ever talked about yeah, on this podcast. Yeah. Well, you called it soccer. Yeah, sorry. 10 seconds to go, round number two. This will be the halfway stage of the Oh, big shot. Big shot. The Bulldogs bulldozer demolishes another. The Bulldogs bulldozer is, of course, Tavita Pangai Jr., who is a um, dear friend of Sonny Bill Williams. Yep. Um, and he is a second rower slash front rower in the NRL. He plays for the Bulldogs, who suck. And he has just announced uh, he is retiring from the NRL at the end of the year. I think he must be about... If I had to guess, probably 26 to 28. Yep. So he's still got plenty of years left in the tank. And he is retiring from the NRL to box full-time. Mid-contract, he's still got years left on his contract. Um, his contract is worth New Zealand $815,000. So basically he is gambling that he's going to make more than $815,000 by going to play boxing. Mm. You don't play boxing, do you? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Is he any good? <laughs> I've never, to be honest with you, 
I've never seen him box. Uh, uh, I wouldn't even know what he looks like. The National Rugby League has a long and storied history of players in the off-season beating up tradies in a ring and calling it a boxing match. Paul Gallen. Paul Gallen. Yeah, obviously, he's probably been the most successful one, but dudes, every season, like Tevita Pangan Jr. for the last few years, every off-season, he's, he's smacked someone up in the, yeah. in the ring. But I don't know the calibre of the dudes that they're uh, fighting, and also, I don't know... Would Joseph Parker, not to count another man's money, but would he have made $815,000 last year? Well, he's got a quite a big deal with Sky uh, UK, right. so he probably probably does. And obviously, but, he's, but he's at the top of his game. He's pretty famous, pretty well-respected. That's right. And obviously life isn't just a financial transaction. Tevita Pangai Jr. needs to chase whatever fulfills him. But um, I just, I don't know, I feel like there's something else going on here. Whenever you see these stories and they don't yeah. quite add up, there's something else going on here. And uh, you remember old Coda Nasser, he was... Um, Sonny Bill Williams' oh, manager. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, slippery one. He'd slippery come out of the woodwork every now and then. Yeah. Well, he was, they, obviously someone went straight to him and was like, what do you reckon of it? And he's like, why don't you just like keep playing NRL and then box in the off-season like you have been doing? Why do you have to like quit jacking almost a mm. million dollars to go and box full-time? That's true. It is true. But, hey, look, I thinking about that, you know, NRL players beating up tradies in the off-season, <laughs> yeah. what a great initiative from the NRL because it's much better than them going to a pub and beating up a tradie oh. in the toilets. Yeah. Because there's obviously ramifications for that. So That's they right. just basically channel their violence yeah. <laughs> towards other men yes. in the ring. Yeah, it makes so much yeah. sense. And people love to see it. Yeah. Um, and it's no different than what you're paying them to do week in, week out anyway. Yeah. Some would argue it's um, less violent. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm going to keep an eye on that one. Half-baked sports idea. Oh, it's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Jeez. I have a half-baked sports idea for you. And... Um, this continues in the long tradition on this podcast of uh, applying sports rules to the workplace, yep. the everyday corporate workplace. Yeah, This came about uh, while we were watching the Matildas on the weekend and how, you know, the extra time thing in soccer is such a ball like Yeah, it's quite long. And I think the idea, and I could be wrong here, but I think the idea is that they want to keep the clock running so it feels like the ball's always in play, the game's always going on. They don't want to do a stop clock, yeah. which would make so much more sense for the fan watching at home because yeah. they can see exactly when the game finishes, like basketball. Yeah. So when the ball goes out in basketball, you stop the clock. Yeah. And you only run the clock while you're actually playing yeah. the game. What if we – it's called stop clock. What if we applied that to your working day? Oh, my Where, God, I'd be here till midnight. <laughs> like, you, would, you wouldn't leave work. The amount of fucking around you do at your desk or around in Hodaki. I don't reckon the clock, I don't reckon it would get to an hour. <laughs> do you reckon I'd get home on a Friday? Probably no, not. No way. <laughs> so every time you're sitting at work and you just sort of drift off or someone sends you a funny video and then you watch that, the clock stops. <laughs> oh, my God. I, <laughs> everyone can see above your desk you've got a like a shot clock it's like eight hours and it's counting down oh my but you bugger off to cook your lunch beep, <laughs> the clock stops you go past people and just yeah and that, uh, you have to fudge the clock you would definitely have to fudge the clock me? somehow yeah you'd yeah, have, I'd to, have to show the clock yeah you'd bit. have to do a lot of uh, clock gobbling yeah I'd have to vi- I'd have to edit a video that took about six yeah, hours it just everything would be in <laughs> slow motion for you like you'd be just slowing play down that's what you'd be doing <laughs> yeah um, yeah just showing the clock out um, it reminds me of like a guy I used to work with uh, on building sites and his move was just change the thing you're carrying every time you walk past the office yeah but and walk with purpose. 
So every, all day you'd just see this bloke walking from one end of the yard to the other and he'd just be carrying something. And anytime someone tried to stop him for a yard, he'd be like, sorry, mate, can I just get back to you? Yeah, I've just got to, I've got to get, get rid of this uh, cement bag. Yeah, and it worked because the boss one day at Smoker was just like, have a look at old uh, Tim over here, you know? He's he's always doing something. He's always doing something. There's no standing around. And he looked at me and laughed his ass off. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so you don't like the the stop clock? Oh, look, I mean, I would, I'd love to implement it because I think it would really uh, shine a light on those who, uh, <laughs> one, doing their hangover on the clock. Yes, which uh, is something I'm a big proponent of. Just, there's, it would, I mean, it would just expose too many people. Uh, I and think it, the I, New I Zealand know. workforce would fall over. This certainly wouldn't work in Europe. No one would go home <laughs> because you'd, if you have to play an eight-hour Innings. <laughs> Innings. Like, no one would make it home. Yeah. Like, and, le- and if it compounded, you'd have to work weekends. Um, oh. It's it's a, it's a seven-day-a-week job then. 100%. Okay, so you don't – well, you selfishly do want to – as a manager, you do want to I'd love to. This. I'd love to see it, but then I would – I'd love to have the option of potentially pulling it. <laughs> okay, all right, well, we'll leave that one there and we'll leave the podcast there. We'll be back tomorrow for a feature-length uh, agenda with myself, yourself, and I believe Matt Heath as well. Absolutely. And so we'll see you then uh, for a feature-length agenda powered by Musashi. The ACC's Daily Agenda podcast, powered by Musashi. On this week's episode of Between Two Bears, we hear Megan Compain's remarkable journey from Basketball Hall of Famer to All Blacks commercial manager and all the best stories in between. And and Michael Jordan was basically walking down the hallway getting held up by two of his, you know, people and he was done. And that was the game where he hit the winning buzz of a shot and took it back to game six where I think they won in, in Chicago. So we sort of crossed in the in the hallway, and it was just sort of one of those whoa. Like if I was on, you know, back at, if it was now, you'd be snapping away like yeah. social media. Between two beers, listen on iHeartRadio or anywhere you get your podcasts.